Hi everyone, welcome to Hubshots episode 189. In this episode, we chat about a bunch of little, should I say tiny, but mighty HubSpot features. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, features, and strategies for growing your sales and marketing results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Good, and you know we're HubSpot solution partners now. We are. We're not just HubSpot partners. Well, what were we no, before? Agency partners. Agency. Part- We've dropped agency. We're now solution, solution partners. partners. Okay. It's all about solutions. So, talking about a solution... Everybody, you should just pause this episode right now and connect with us on LinkedIn. Thank you. That would be great. And our growth thought of the week, Craig. Now, we can't dismiss this. Inbound 2020 is actually earlier this year. Usually in September, this year is in August. It's about time we start plugging it and also talking with about- With a countdown. Of, yeah, <laughs> we need a countdown and also some of our predictions, like who's going to be there. Have you got a prediction, Craig? I don't, but uh, who did I hear the other day is going to be, oh, at another conference. Oh, yeah, that's right. They got Bob Iger from Disney. This was, <laughs> I think this is the code conference. So, that's set in the bar high. So, um, yeah, I wonder what uh, HubSpot's- Maybe someone from Facebook gonna turn do. up, Craig. Facebook? Yeah, why don't they get someone from a tobacco company as well, just to compliment that. <laughs> All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And this is something that you were showing me about syncing MailChimp activities into HubSpot contact timeline yeah, and this, enabling it from your settings. Yeah, now, kind of a, a neat little feature, actually, their integration with MailChimp. Now, they've always had that integration with MailChimp, so it'll push from HubSpot over to MailChimp. But now, and this might have been there for a while, I just hadn't noticed it, but there's an option where it can sync back MailChimp activity, for example, opening, clicking, uh, an email campaign back into the timeline of contacts on HubSpot. Have, had you seen this before? I was aware of it. I just had never had to use it. Now, I'm going to ask you, Craig, like I asked you before, if I'm using HubSpot, why am I using MailChimp? Here's the path. For a lot of people that are on Starter and they don't have automation yet, they might have some follow-up emails. MailChimp is a good complement to HubSpot Starter. So you might have automation sequences set up in MailChimp, but in HubSpot Starter, you're doing maybe just the campaigns. This way, it syncs back to the timeline, so you can actually see whether they've actually opened automations and things like that. So it's quite a good progression from when you're going into you're using Starter and then maybe moving to Pro. And even if you're already on Pro, so we've got a client that's upgraded to Pro and we're still in the process of bringing everything over, but they've got automations still running in MailChimp and then there's bits coming in. But here's one idea. You could actually use it because the other thing about this integration is that it puts some properties on the contact properties, which you can use for creating smart lists. You can create triggers in workflows. So in our client's case, they've got automation because they've moved to pro and they can use some of these triggers if there's activity in MailChimp because that's still, you know, legacy stuff still going. It can send internal notifications so their sales team, things like that. So there's plenty of little ideas that you can think of, and I consider it a nice bridging piece. It's really nice. Just get started with Starter, put MailChimp in there, then upgrade to Pro. You haven't lost anything. You've got all that data. Oh, I think it's really good. Yeah. So a nice little tiny but mighty feature. All right. And what's this t- next sales feature, Craig, that's tiny but mighty? By the way, this is not a new feature. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was. <laughs> I couldn't believe this, but this is in the settings. 
So I just want to say, so this is in settings under properties of contacts and companies. Now, a lot of people, by default, this is not on, but you have the ability to, when a contact gets created, to automatically create a company record based on that domain, obviously. And you can turn this on. So now if you've already got stuff in the in HubSpot and you turn this on, it'll actually ask you, do you want to go and create an associate company records to those contacts? Now, most of the time people say yes. But now there's this little link under it, which has been there a long time, which we haven't seen, where you can actually opt out domains when associating contacts with companies. Now, Craig, tell me why would you want to do this? Okay, so typically where you run into this is you've got someone, they've put in their email address and maybe they're part of a big company conglomerate a brand, and you don't want it just to be automatically associated, say, to an umbrella brand. Another typical case is government departments. So we often find this with government departments. You know, there might be New South Wales government, but then they've got health and a whole bunch of other areas. So when they've just got a generic gov address, you may not want it just being associated with New South Wales government because you've specifically said, oh, this is health or this is Correct. some other department. So in those cases, that's why you use this little link to opt out some of those domains. And I don't know if they've fixed this yet, but even as uh, recently as just a couple of months ago, when they were looking at domains, they weren't looking at multi-domains. Um, so if you had health.nsw.com.au, yes, correct. they were only looking at the, the nsw.gov.au. Yes. They weren't looking at the health sub-subdomain kind yes. of thing. They might have fixed that, but um, previously, yeah, they, they, they couldn't register that and it kind of confused them. But anyway, this is a way to kind of opt out those umbrella brands or umbrella departments. All right. What's our HubSpot Extra of the Week, Craig? So another little tiny but mighty (laughs) feature that people may or may not be aware of. But on dashboards, so we've had this with a client. They're on dashboards and they're saying, right, can we see, uh, great, that's a, I think in their case it was HubSpot deals versus goals, something like that. And they're saying, uh, can we see that quarterly and can we also see it annually? Yes. And the way it came up was, well, and I was responding to it, it was like, well, do you want to switch just the main dashboard or do you want to see them both on the same dashboard? And in their case, they wanted to see both. So it's, it's pretty easy just to duplicate a widget. And what people might not know is that you can actually set per widget some yes, of those report correct. settings. So in the show notes, I've actually put some screenshots here because people may not be aware they can set date ranges not only for the overall dashboard, but individually per widget. The thing is, and we'll get this into the gotcha of the week, it's not immediately obvious that there's this extra link where you can set filters on individual widgets. I agree. So there's a feature. Yep, you can set it. So what you can basically have is the quarterly and the annual widget next to each other on the dashboard. That probably very nicely leads us on to our gotcha of the week. So tell me, Craig, what is that gotcha of the week? So in in the widget, as I said, we've got the show note. If you hover over a frequency, it pops up this little thing which says report settings. Now, unless you hovered over it, you wouldn't you know would it not was say there. That. You might not realize you can change the settings on a widget by widget basis on your dashboard. And we've talked about this in shows before where it's not immediately obvious things are there. You've got to hover over things. I think we used another example a few episodes ago where you actually had to tick something in a list. It might have been email lists. Might have to tick it before an option appeared at the top uh, you know, That's over right. the top yes, of the correct. list to, to enable new options. It's like they're undiscoverable. Well, they're discoverable, but, but it's hard to discover them. You know, they're not immediately obvious. And I I think these are gotchas. It's a design problem. And I get the trade-off because it's it's making clutter. it simpler. Yeah, yeah you correct. don't want all this visual clutter. But, 
you know what I'd like? I'd like a, just maybe you pressed one key and it highlighted all these hidden things that like just boom, shing, you release the key. That's a great key, idea, Craig. Maybe the tab key or something. Press tab, shing, it just highlights all these hidden links and options yes. and things. Otherwise, how do you find them? Except if you go hunting around and hovering and clicking things and that to find them. Anyway, gotcha of the week, but also tip of the week. Almost sounds like my head up display story from last episode, Craig. Can't beat a good heads up display story, can you? All right, Craig. Now the marking tip of the week. I don't think many people be aware of this. So this is putting this could posit- save people lots of the- this could be putting a positive <laughs> spin on another gotcha of the week, but not related to HubSpot. Yeah. And look, this could be saving people lots of money. Let's put it that way. Now this is related to Google Ads and the many numerous changes that take place every day. I'm not sure whether people that use Google Ads would be aware that there is now a recommend, oh, there has been for a while the recommendations tab on the menu. And you click that and you go, it tells you, you know, you need to probably add some keywords. You're probably missing out on search traffic here. You should use site link extensions, et cetera. Now, did you realize that by default, this option to auto apply, once this suggestion comes up after 14 days, it automatically applies the suggestion, Craig? I was flabbergasted when you when you told me this. I'm still in disbelief. And you know what? I only realized it once when I was going through some of the suggestions. Now, I would say take these suggestions with a pinch of salt and actually understand what it's doing and why they're recommending it. So, if you don't know what Google Ads does, please do not log in and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just accept all of this. Yep, yep, add that. I'll increase my budget from $20 a day to $200 a day. You know, don't just blindly go into this. You really have to evaluate what is going on and use it as a, as a, I guess, a, a guide to better improve your account. Now, what's interesting about this is not all the suggestions are great most of the time. But they have conveniently done after 14 days, we're going to apply this if you look at it or not. So I have put in the show notes how to go and opt out of this so this doesn't happen because trust me, you don't want stuff like this to be happening. Yeah, look, let, let me just ram this point home because <laughs> let me ask you, Ian, at, when you get those recommendations for a Google yes. Ads account, I, just as a gut feel, how many of them do you actually accept and apply? Maybe 20%. 20%, yeah. So, by far the majority, you ignore and reject them. Exactly. Right? Correct. We'd be similar. And Kylie, uh, who's our uh, Google Ads specialist on our team, we had this terrible or oh, very concerning Feeling? Thing, <laughs> thing happen earlier in the week. I don't, I'm calling it a thing. I'm, it's, I don't know what to call it. Debacle. Yes, yeah. debacle. Debacle. So, uh, we are managing uh, the Google Ads campaigns globally for a, a big company, American campaigns, uh, EMEA campaigns all across Europe. So, we've got, we've got tons of campaigns and Kylie's you know, spending- She's all over it. All over it, right. She's very meticulous on the way she does campaigns, sets them up, camp, like different campaigns, she'll test stuff, bidding strategies, she'll change them, what's working best because, you know, sometimes manually bidding is much Correct. better than other. Anyway- so, so we're managing a whole campaign, but we give them access to it. The, the, the client, we don't withhold it. And, That's right. You know, they have access. Anyway, one of the juniors in the local team here in, in Sydney has gone in and started mucking around. Hey, because then, everybody knows Google Ads, right, Craig. Gone in and seen the recommendations and accepted them all. Just gone, oh, accept, accept, accept. Anyway, this is applied recommendations across global campaigns. Kylie is almost beside herself early in the week. Like it's just totally 
while she's unwinding things and going back through the audit, while going, what's going on? What's going on? Plus trying to answer to the client about why things have changed. So this is such a disaster, such a debacle. And, you know, this junior person shouldn't have done it, sure. But the recommendations were so bad. Bidding strategies changed, things like that. Like it's, like this is causing it's very major, fundamental. major problems to global campaigns. You know, we're, obviously we're fixing all of that up. But the point is, your point, when you said, oh, they would have automatically, I'm sure that's turned off in, I'm exactly. pretty sure Kylie turns those off. Imagine if they're automatically applied after 14 days. That just, it just really concerns me that that's a default setting. You know, we should follow Google's lead and do that with our clients. We go, oh, by the way, we've got a, uh, we've got a recommendation that you just pay us a lot more money and we're automatically going to apply that. After if we don't 14 hear days? From you, 14 days. <laughs> my goodness. It's just... Just criminal, I think. And as we tell our clients, you know, it's kind of like recommendations. Those, It's basically Google saying, oh, here's how we recommend you give us more money and cost more. Um, apply, apply. Oh, it's just drives. It's, that's that's got to be criminal, right? It's, it's bordering on it, surely. Yes. So now, if this has saved anybody money, please write back and tell us. I'd love to hear from you. All right, Craig, our inside of the week... And we call this being held ransom by traditional agencies. And we only talk about this because I'm being held ransom by another agency, a customer of ours, who we're implementing HubSpot in and we're trying to get access to putting the tracking code. We're being held ransom. We don't have admin access to their WordPress site because apparently if they give us admin access, we'll be able to access all the websites on this server and so we're at a standstill. And well, they're at a standstill. They don't know what to do. And I've basically gone in, I've spoken to spoken to them on behalf of our client and come up with a strategy of where to overcome this. But I was horrified and shocked to know that this is still going on. Yeah, look, it's pretty bad. We'll go through a list of the, of the ways that we've seen some of our poor clients get held yes. hostage uh, by uh, previous agencies. And I guess the point for highlighting this, rather as well as just having a bit of a whinge, getting it off our chest, is then to highlight what the good practice is and what we actually do with our clients. But also for any companies listening to this, marketing managers, just a bit of a prompt to be, if you're talking with agencies, just asking them about this kind of stuff because it's not the kind of thing that you think to ask when you're engaging an agency. But look, let's just talk about a few of them. You've said, look, you can't get admin access to your WordPress or your web hosting. Yes. That's a typical one. <laughs> Another good one is you can't get access to Google Analytics or Tag Manager. Yeah, well, you, that, that's right. The number of clients we've said, oh, can you just add us into Google Analytics? We can see them say, oh, well, we've got access to analytics, but we, we don't have permissions to add users. And like, well, can you get permissions? Oh, no, the agency says they won't give it to us. It's like, what? How on earth is this possible? Same with Google Tag Manager, same with Google Ads. Oh, Google Ads is notorious, Craig. I've had a few of those lately. And I have to say, it's very disappointing. It, it is. And oh, other thing, YouTube channels, yes. I, Google My Business listings, yes. they won't give them. Google Search Console is normally okay. You can get around that That's one. That's right. Because you can just maybe, because, well, maybe not if you don't have admin access to your hosting or things like that. And look, there is also a way to get access to analytics, which I've just gone through with another customer of ours oh, really? recently, yeah. where they didn't actually have and the agency had access and they didn't even realize they had the access. And when when they found out and they got the request to transfer, or basically what Google does is they send them an email and they say, because they, they send it from the company domain. So they know that, you know, for this analytics property, 
the email address that's requested this is got the company domain and they obviously said who they were. And what they do is they send an email to the person that owns their account and they say if they don't respond, they're going to hand over analytics access to... Right. That's excellent. So, there is, is that, a way. Is that new? No, it's been around for a while. Are you sure? Because we've, we've actually tried contacting Google in, in the past. Right. So, there is a behind. form. There okay. is a form that has to be filled out and sent and submitted and a, and, a, and, a, and a certain amount of verification has to be done. That's fantastic. Well, that's tip of the week right there. Exactly. That's so, gold. you can do it. And what was really funny was the other agency who said they didn't have access then came back and said, oh, how did you guys do that? We have never had, we never thought that you could do that. <laughs> right. That's excellent. I didn't know you could do that either. Yeah. So, so you can do that. Just if you do a search, it, it's, a, it's on their help Okay. Section. We should get the show. We'll get a we'll link put and that put that, that in the, in the show, show notes because that's, that's gold. That's great. The other one that we often have access to is Facebook pages and ad accounts. And I've got a customer we work with for almost a whole year, still can't find who has the ultimate admin access to a page and we can't assign it to the business manager, which is really frustrating. Oh, and there's more. Uh, there's things like YouTube channels. Yes. Um, what else did I mean? Oh, Google My Business I mentioned, but uh, what's another? Oh, Hotjar accounts or things like that. And so what we're highlighting, uh, so if you're marketing manager listening to this, just highlighting that when you talk with an agency or you're engaging with an agency, just make sure they give you admin access. And this is what we do for all of our clients. I can't believe that agencies would withhold this. So let me ask you one question, Craig. And this is something we do regularly when we go into businesses that are being held ransom is we make sure that we, in the cleanup process, we actually get an email set up. So maybe let's say marketing at the business name and we make sure that, email address is owned by the business or has access by relevant people in the business and all the accounts are owned by that login. So if anyone was to ever leave, they always have access to everything through that one email. That's a really good idea actually. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Now we've told you all the bad things. What is the way it should be and how do we operate, Craig? Well, I think what you just said there is is a, a great start. Uh, you make sure that one of their accounts, like has, you said, marketing has, has admin okay. access, yeah, has all the keys. And, you know, we we actually even do this with clients that we've stopped working with. I, I actually, I was telling you before, we actually got a, a request from yes. one of our clients like that. We haven't worked with them for almost a year now. And their new marketing manager come in, uh, doesn't have access to anything has my contact details, sends me a link, oh, do you have this? Can we have it? Of course. We just give them access. Like, okay. what? It's we their never, stuff. <laughs> we, we, we never charge for it. Imagine, and I've had other companies that will give it to you, but they'll charge. They say, oh, there's a, there's a transfer fee of, oh, it's just it's rid- bollocks. It's just ridiculous. It's like, you know, that's not providing value to no. clients. Now, the only exception to this, I will say there is an exception, is we won't hand over an account if it's our credit card on the account. So Google Ads, so for big corporates, for example, sometimes they don't allow credit cards. So we actually pay the corporates Google Ads. We will not actually hand over the keys to that until they've put new billing in and paid our invoices. Correct. And, yeah, removed our credit card just because I have been actually burnt by that in the past. Yes, you have. Um, I was sitting right next to you when that happened. <laughs> that's right. So, I learned my lesson. But that's the only – and that's really – that's just, you know, that's just good practice. It is good practice. You know, 
Um, but in it's all, it's like handing over some is handing over your wallet to somebody with all your cards in it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So, look, that's the only exception. But in every other case, we'll look after agencies, and that should be the norm, surely. That's right. And you know what? And I, and even through the journey of doing business, you know, you get to a certain stage, and maybe the people you work with are not a good fit at the time, and it's time for somebody else to take them over. So. I would actually say be free in handing of handing that over and be thankful that they're actually going to somewhere else that that can maybe better help them where they're at or maybe they choose to do things themselves but it's not ours to hold on to if that no, makes I sense. I totally agree. I think that's exactly the right approach and we've had other agencies I'm sure you've had the same they've brought in another agency and we've made it as easy as possible for the agency because we still care about the client. You know what? At the end of the day, there are people in these businesses. And if we care about the people and the business like we care about our business, we will do the right thing. Yeah. And that's right. It's doing the right thing. We're not special. We're not, we're not particularly good. That should be the norm, right? That's this right. Should, yeah. All right, Craig, on to happier things. The HubSpot throwback of the week. Now, 12 months ago, what was HubSpot announcing? Oh, this is funny. They were announcing that they had added support for LinkedIn ads. Which they took out previously. Which they'd taken out two years before. So, we've actually got some links in the show notes where we talked about how sad we were when they took it out. Which was episode 95. That was back in July 2017. And then... It reappeared back in, in episode 151. In March 2019. Oh, ta-da! Google Ads. Now, uh, Google Ads, LinkedIn, LinkedIn ads. ads. Now, to be fair to HubSpot, I heard through back channels that wasn't actually HubSpot. That was actually LinkedIn. Correct. They withdrew the access to it and then woke up to themselves and actually gave it back and HubSpot... And realized they were missing a few things. Yeah. All right, and we have a really interesting resource of the week, Craig, and uh, it's a presentation. So, I encourage you, everyone, to have a look at it. It's about tech in 2020, and it says, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, and this is by Benedict Evans. You know when people say, oh, uh, he's a thought leader? Yes. Or he's a futurist, and we just, you know, choke or... (laughs) Have a chuckle. Uh, Benedict Evans is actually a thought leader. He He is. is such a thoughtful, smart guy. Until recently, he was working with Andreessen Horowitz. So it's just moved back to the UK now. But each year, he was kind of doing a rundown of technology trends and where it's going. And in this one, he's looking at the trends. Like there was mainframes, then there was PCs, then there was the web, then there was smartphones. It's like, what's next? What's next? What is next, Craig? Well, spoiler alert, I'll kind of give it away, although he expands on it greatly. He does in the... It's basically regulation. Yeah. We've got a point where software is everywhere. And now it's around regulation, controlling privacy, controlling things. Very interesting considering you see what's going on with Facebook and others and seeing this unfold and what people are willing to give and not give in the in the current world. A really good deck. It's one of the, I love those decks where you can just click through them and the slides tell the story. It's not just abstract and you've got no idea what's going on. You can just click through the presentation. Well worth skimming through. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. This is from Ben Thompson, who writes the Stratechery site. Do you uh, read Stratechery at all? We've actually spoken about Stratechery mm. before. Yeah, I'm a subscriber. I, I, I really like Ben's work. Another thought leader, by the way. There you go. A very insightful guy. Anyway, he had this to say. He said, uh, this was about Clayton Christensen, who passed away uh, just a week or two ago, very sadly. This is what Ben Thompson said. It said, that was the greatest gift he gave to me, the belief that ideas smartly argued could have an impact. Now, listeners, we've got one bonus link of the week, which is keyword tools. And this is from Backlinko. It's keyword research tool analysis. 
And we always have good stuff on that site. So I encourage you to take a look. We would love you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just click the number of stars. You don't have to write anything, but we love to hear from you. And we would love if you could share this podcast episode or the podcast with someone that is either using HubSpot or is considering using HubSpot as it greatly helps us reach new people. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this. And Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.